In this episode, I'm going to talk about new music from Margot Price and also the movies Wall-E, The American Astronaut, and Kurt Vonnegut, Unstuck in Time. This is going to be a weird one. I'm your host, Eric Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. there, Checkmates. It's your old Uncle Derek coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. As usual, I don't I don't think I've ever done an episode from outside of St. Louis, so I don't know why I feel it necessary to specify that every time. Uh, but maybe one day, maybe one day I'll be on the road to someplace. Just made myself sad. Uh, hi, hope everybody's doing okay. Uh, doing okay-ish, I guess, on my end. I've been dealing with a lot of shoulder pain lately. Like, the kind of shoulder pain where you go, Alright, if that, if that doesn't get better by next week, I'm gonna go see a doctor. And it's been like that for, like, a couple of months. So, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but it, it is getting, uh, it is doing different stuff than it did before, so I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, I know that I, I messed up something further, like, on the front side of the shoulder, like, into the chest area, which is a scary, it's, it's my left shoulder, so that's a scary place to have hurt, because, but, like, I, I know, like, I felt when it happened, I know what happened, uh, but, like, that's a scary place to have hurt when you're in your 40s and have not always had a heart-friendly diet. Um... But yeah, what, I mean, what happened is I was, uh, reclining on my couch, playing a video game, one of the Batman Arkham games, if you must know, and, uh, one of the cats, I think it was probably McGuire, just based on the incident, there was a loud noise in the kitchen behind me, like, the kind of loud where you go, wow, well, folks are dead, you know, <laughs> and, and you just kind of jump up and run in there, and uh, all that happened was uh, I've got a uh, I've actually got an old drum throne sitting uh, by a couple of my cabinets, and the reason it's there is because I need to put child locks on the uh, cabinets so the cats can't open them. Uh, that's that's the only reason because they can. There's stuff in there I don't want them getting into, and I just haven't done it yet. So I've got a drum stool there, just kind of blocking them to keep them shut. And, uh, he jumped up on it and knocked it down, and it made a big noise, and it scared me. And in jumping up, I just moved weird and just felt something in, like, my shoulder and chest say, Oh, no, 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 why'd you do that? You know. And so, uh, it, th that hurts less than it did when I did it. But, uh, it still hurts, and that, that can't be good. Very little, uh, very little pain is good, though, in fairness. Uh, and I've had, uh... I've had problems with that shoulder on and off for quite some time, that and my back, so I don't know. I should probably see a doctor. I mean, I should see a doctor for a lot of stuff that's going on with me, but you know, it's it's one of those things that like right now, whatever is wrong with me doesn't have a name. Like I don't know the name of anything that's wrong with me, so until it has a name, it might just get better. Once they name it, then you've got to have surgery, you know? So that's kind of where we are. Uh, it's not uh, it's not unbearable yet. Most of the time, ibuprofen does the job. 
the rest of the time, uh, I it, it looks for employment elsewhere. Um, I don't know what that meant. Don't 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 ask me when. I mean, I I, I heard some of you. I, I I didn't hear you, but I heard you go. What does that mean? I don't know what it means. Don't don't ask me that kind of question. You 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 you've listened to the show, or some of you know me personally. You're you're never going to get an answer that is going to be satisfactory. To what do you mean by that? I have no idea what I mean by that. I've never known. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what's going on with me. The cats, uh, by the way, he, when he knocked over the thing, he was fine. Everybody was fine. It was just a loud noise because it was a thing hitting hardwood flooring, you know? The, it, everything was fine. And the cats both seem to be fine. They're taking naps and being little goofs and everything, and uh, they're the best. Uh, other stuff I could tell you about here at the top of the show. Uh, you know, in the last episode, I started kind of wondering out loud if I was going to delay the release of my, uh, upcoming album, Third Act Problems. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to delay that, because it's taken a long time to get the master done, and it takes a couple of weeks to get the CDs made. Yes, I'm making CDs in the age of downloads. Uh, it takes a couple weeks to have that, you know, to get that done, and... Uh, and there's other stuff that I've got to do to get ready. I've got to get covers ready, uh, and I've got to get uh, uh, some website stuff happening. My website has been badly in need of uh, upgrades and changes for a couple of years now. If anybody out there is a web designer that wants to just kind of set me up with something easy that I can do myself and update myself, and it can just look the same forever, that's sort of what I have now. But, like, I did it in the age before, you know, Square, Squarespace and stuff like that became the standard, so my my website looks old and looks small on some mobile devices and stuff like that. Anybody out there has any kind of know-how with that kind of stuff, please get in touch. Maybe we can work something out. Uh, I don't want to employ you long-term, but I, I, I'd be glad to throw somebody a few, a few bucks to help me have a decent-looking website. Uh, I still think it's decent-looking. I just think you have to be on the right device, you know? So... Anyway, there's web stuff to be done as well, and there's just, there's, you know, a whole bunch of stuff in the air. So third act problems, uh, gonna be February, maybe even early March, depending on how things go. I'm very close on the final master, by the way. I listened to a, I listened to a master today, and my thought was, okay, really close, there are two things I have to fix. And out of 12 songs, two things is not a lot, and they're both really easy fixes, they're, in fact, just things that I tried in this mix that I didn't think were going to last anyway. So uh, <laughs> that's that's where we are, and that'll be done, and that'll be ready to go, and that'll be, you know, that'll be fine. Uh, and I just got to do all this other stuff, you know, and, and wait on the CDs and all that kind of stuff. So February, maybe early March, it depends on what, really it depends on what the turn time is going to be with the CDs. Uh, but that's uh, that's where we are. That's where we are. We're going to do third act problems in February or early March. Uh, if we do early March, it'll be like the first weekend in March. Uh, I'm I'm only I'm only running that uh, I'm I'm only running out that far because February is a short m a month, only by a couple of days. But with weekends, those couple of days are huge. So that's uh, the update on the music stuff. That's eating up a lot of my time too. Um, 
and yeah, so that's, I don't know, that's where we are. As far as the show goes, uh, Dave and I are going to be recording a Fab 15. We'll be doing our Fab 15 cover songs. That's at least the shorthand version of it. There's some specifics that we'll get into when we do that actual episode. But we'll be doing our Fab 15 cover songs here soon. I don't know if that'll be the next episode to hit your ear holes, but uh, it'll be uh, a, a, a pretty, it'll be pretty soon basically. It just, it, that's another one of those things that it takes time to edit and whatnot, so we'll, we'll see when I have that time, and, uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll do what we can. But I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. Those are fun episodes. I always like talking to Dave and having him here and stuff, so, uh, that's, that's coming up here in the near future, too. Uh, along with talking about the show, I should tell you the websites and stuff that I, uh, should tell you. If you like the show, there's a companion blog that has photos and additional information over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. It's available on all of the streaming apps, including the one that you're listening to it on now. If it's not on the one that you would prefer, please let me know. It probably was, and somebody changed their rules, and it got pulled, and I don't know why, and I'll figure it out. If you like me, and who wouldn't, you can check out my website at DerekBrink.com, my website that's in need of, of upgrades, at uh, <laughs> DerekBrink.com, mostly about my music career. Speaking of which, if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, it's all stuff that I wrote, including the title track to the show called Bite the Habanero, and it's available for absolutely free. All of my music is available for absolutely free over at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com. All you have to do is enter zero as your purchase price. I don't uh, collect your email address. I won't even know that you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. And if you want to talk to me, if you want to debate me on stuff or tell me I did a good job or whatever, you can email me at db at derekbrink.com. Those are my initials, db at derekbrink.com. And uh, I reply to everybody who wasn't mean to me in their email. So uh, the show coming up here, we've got some interesting stuff to talk about. It's kind of a weird stack of stuff, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes. So uh, buckle in, we're going to see how it goes. Okay, the uh, first thing I want to talk to you about, we're doing, uh, we're only doing one music release this week. Usually when I, when I do a segment, I do a couple of things in that segment, but I've only got one thing to talk about, because I've really only bought one thing so far this year. Uh, well, that's not true. I've only bought one new release so far this year. I've got some other stuff on the way, actually, that I'm excited about that I'll probably talk about even though it's a couple years old. I mean, hell, some of the stuff I'm talking about today came out in, like, 2008 and, uh, I think 2005, respectively. So, you know, this show's, this show is basically the equivalent of, like, I'm your friend who just saw a movie that you saw a decade ago, and, uh, I just, I, I want to talk to somebody about it. That's what this entire show is. That's what Empty Checking is, is that I, I just saw or heard something and I go, oh, hey, uh, you know that thing that you've known about for, like, a while? That was pretty neat. And, like, I, that's all I want to say, really. But I've got to say more than that to fill out a show. Uh, but the thing that I have right now is new. 
Uh, the thing that I want to talk about right now is new. The new album by Margot Price called Strays. Margot Price is a... Uh, I'm going to still call her a country singer. She's uh, a little less country these days than she used to be. Probably a little bit more just Americana. Uh, I was familiar with her. I'd, I'd heard a lot of her stuff and liked a lot of her stuff. I uh, just did a deep dive over this past summer, uh, mostly thanks to seeing her at the Open Highway Music Festival here in St. Louis. Uh, actually, what was that? Ch Chesterfield? Crestwood? One of those. One of those sea uh, towns that we have out here. Um... Yeah, I just I did a deep dive on her stuff, and Serendipity, she had a new album that came out this year, uh, just this past week, actually, called Strays. Uh, when I saw her at the Open Highway Festival, I commented, just based on how she was dressed and some of her stage movements and stuff, that uh, it looked like she was going through kind of a, St a Stevie Nicks thing, which uh, she clearly is, because that was one of the things that struck me on this album. This album actually sounds a little bit like... Stevie Nicks meets uh, Susanna Hoffs, uh, which is, you know, I mean, that's that's fine. Uh, in fact, that's, the whole album's, you know, fine. I got no problem with any part of the album. That's just also, like, miles away from what made me fall in love with her. You know, like, she she was a country singer that reminded me of Dolly, and now she's got kind of a Stevie Nicks meets Susanna Hoffs thing going. Um, which isn't bad. That's in no way bad. It's just different. And, you know, different isn't always bad. It's just different. Uh, it just, I, I, I do feel like some of the songs would appeal to me a little bit more. And, and that, that, that sounds overly critical. I don't want to sound like I don't like the album because I do like the album. I just feel like a couple of the songs would appeal to me more if they were more arranged as country songs, you know, had a little bit more acoustic guitar in them that were, that was up front. And I mean, there's some of that on the album, you know, nothing to complain about. There's some of that on the album. There's a little something for those who fell in love with her long, long ago, uh, but it's, yeah, it's just a different vibe overall, which again, not a bad vibe. It's just miles away from what I fell in love with. Uh, I will say the first track I found a little bit puzzling. Uh, and that, uh, honestly, the one song on the album that I, I probably feel is skippable is the opening track, um, <laughs> which, you know, I, that's... Sorry, but I, I feel like it's supposed to come across as sincere and passionate, but it just seems, like, vo lyrically, it just seems, like, paranoid to me. <laughs> and maybe she was going for that? I don't know. I, I don't know why the album is called Strays, either. Maybe that has something to do with the playlist. But, uh, yeah, it, it, the first song just kind of made me go, ooh, I don't know if I'm going to love this this listen. But it, from the, that point on, from track two on to the end, oh, yeah, no, this, this is a lot better than I thought it was, you know? And even on a second listen, the first track, when, once you know what to expect, is a, is a decent song. It's just, it, it just didn't grab me, you know? Nevertheless, there are some standout tracks. Uh, and again, I don't want to sound like I hate the album or anything like that, but there are some real standout tracks, especially uh, County Road and uh, Hell in the Heartland. Uh, although I'm really not sure why Hell in the Heartland speeds up out of nowhere right at the very end. That confused me, but otherwise really like that song. Uh, I think probably that'll be a very effective thing to make happen live, but uh, just on a studio release it was kind of odd. Um, Anytime You Call is also a strong so song. It's kind of kind of Beatles-y. Uh, and Landfill, uh, the last song on the album, probably gets as close to what I first loved about her as anything else on it. Uh, in fact, this might be an album where the second half of the album I actually like better than the first half, which which I appreciate. I, I like when 
yeah, I like when an album isn't too top-heavy. So many albums you listen to and like, oh, the first three songs are the singles, and then the rest is just kind of on there to round out an album. Not necessarily so in this case. Some of the stronger stuff, I think, is toward the end of the record, and I, I really appreciate that. Um, I, I just, I don't know, I like an album that rewards you for listening like that. And I, I don't want to, and again, I just, I don't want to sound like I'm being negative about the album. It's, it's, I might grow to love it, but right now I just like it, you know, and, and I was hoping to love it. So that's, that's kind of where I am with the new Margot Price album. Uh, it's, it's like, uh, and I hate assigning letter grades to things, but it's, it's such an easy shorthand and it's just my opinion. It's just my two cents, you know, but it's like a B or a B plus, And I was hoping for like an A, you know, but it's, it's, it's good. It's right there. It's respectable. Nobody's going to be mad at you for getting a B unless you're one of those val valedictorian assholes. I didn't say that word right. Clearly I wasn't one. Valedictorian? Got the word dick in the middle of it. Something to think about there. Uh, I, I, uh, I, uh, you know, no one's mad about a B or a B plus, but it's just not an A, you know? And that's okay. That's okay. Margaret Price's Strays is not an A in my book. But it's a pretty good B. It's a solid B. Maybe a B plus. And that's pretty good. I don't know if that's top ten. I don't know what else is coming out this year. Except for a U2 reimagined songs album that everybody seems to be mad about. And I don't understand why. I'm looking forward to that in March on St. Patrick's Day. There's a new U2 thing full of them doing their old songs in new ways. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know why everybody's mad. I think people just like to be mad at you, too. I think those same people would hate the Beatles if the Beatles were doing stuff today. That's that's the kind of person that's mad at you, too. I'm talking about Margot Price. Margot Price, uh, excellent singer. Look, and actually, that's one of the things I want to say about the album. Her range of talent is on full display on the album. It's an album that pushes you to uh, appreciate things about her you might not have noticed before, and that's a definite plus, because if you're used to, if you're used to just her standard Margot Price albums, uh, and then you pick up this one, you go, whoa, this is, this is a little bit different, and she's doing some really different stuff, and she's doing it well. She's doing it well. She's got, she's got the pipes to back this up. She's got a lot more to her than just, I mean, just, than just the, the stuff that I'm familiar with. You know, she's got, a lot more depth and range than I might have understood from her previous releases. And, you know, so, I mean, the, it does push you in that direction, and that's a good thing to do. That's a good thing to happen. I'll tell you, it, it feels like maybe it's a transitional album. Like, maybe this is her moving into a new stage of her career, and the next one's going to be her a little bit more solidly in that stage, and it's going to hit me a lot better and a lot harder. But it, it's, you know, just it's just good. It's just good right now. And I don't know how I'm making the word good sound like it's a disappointment. Good good is good. Good is good. Maybe there's your album, or your episode title. Good is good. <laughs> episode number 140-something. Uh, <laughs> that's all the music I want to talk about today. That and apparently the new U2 that isn't out yet. And uh, so that's, that's, that's fine. Let's move on. I don't know how to end segments anymore. Bullshit. 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 
I debated about what order I wanted to talk about these movies in, because uh, I've got three to talk about. The American Astronaut, Wall-E, and Kurt Vonnegut, Unstuck in Time. The only one that's recent is Kurt Vonnegut, Unstuck in Time. I think I'm going to talk about that last, because uh, big surprise, I loved it. And uh, it's yeah, I got a lot to say about Kurt Vonnegut, so maybe we'll get to that last. But uh, uh, the other two, American Astronaut and Wall-E... Uh, <sighs> I'm just going to tackle American Astronaut now, uh, partially because I know my friend Josh, who listens to the show and loaned me his copy of it, wants to hear the review, um, <laughs> which uh, I'm actually, I think I'm going to see him before this episode goes up, so he'll, he'll get, a, hi Josh, friend of the show, uh, uh, you may have already heard this, uh, but we'll, we'll, this is probably a different wording. Uh, American Astronaut, the American Astronaut, uh, there's a the in there, is a movie that it's very likely you've never heard of. The director is a guy named uh, Corey McCabe, or McAbee, M-C, capital A-B-E-E. -E. You guys know I don't know how to pronounce names. Uh, that's, uh, I see a name in print, and it makes a sound in my head, and I say it out loud, and it's not the right sound. Uh, but that guy, Corey, uh, I'm gonna say McCabe, uh, is, uh, the director. He also stars in it, and, uh, I believe also wrote it. He's, uh, he's, uh, a one-man show. He's a Kevin Smith, is what he is, uh, kind of, except he's not near as silent. Um, it's... I don't know how to describe this movie. It came out in September of 2001, you know, a, a month and year where absolutely nothing else happened, uh, it came out in September of 2001, so there's an interesting backdrop to that. Uh, this is a movie that is a, 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 an absolutely independent film. It's a black-and-white space noir western that is, for some reason, also a musical. Uh, it's a guy who is an astronaut from Earth, sp specifically from America, and he's uh, kind of like astronauts are sort of the new cowboys and the new outlaws is kind of what, what they are. And uh, he's traveling around delivering goods for people who are of shady reputation. Starts off in a bar on a distant planet that is still in our solar system, a made-up planet, I guess I should say, not so distant, in our own solar system. Uh, and our narrator, or who we think is the narr narrator, who turns out to not be the narrator and is instead the villain, uh, tells us that he's going to tell us the story of how he became a father, and oh yeah, it's my birthday. And uh, we don't really circle back to that. I mean, we talk about his birthday a little bit. We don't talk about him being a father exactly. Uh, I mean, not really. Nobody in it is really a father. It's a very confusing movie. Uh, uh, I'm doing such a bad job of describing it, but I, I really don't know how you do. It's, uh, uh, it starts out, out in this bar, and our hero is meeting up with an old friend of his after having delivered a cat to the bartender. Just accept it. And uh, he meets up with his friend. They win a dance competition. Both men, incidentally. Well, not that that matters, but just to paint the picture for you. 
uh, they uh, they were old dance partners who have danced again and won a, won a competition. And the band playing is kind of a uh, uh, the, the cow punk type band, sort of a pavementy type of band. Uh, although pavement wasn't cow punk, but you you know. Um, so they won this dance competition, and then our hero goes to the bathroom, and a couple of roughnecks come in and take a picture of him on the toilet while they're singing a song, and uh, uh, that ends up going to the bad guy of the film, who was the guy who we thought was going to be the narrator, and he now has a picture of our hero on the toilet. Uh, I, I, I am a little unclear as to why the bad guy doesn't like our hero, uh... One of the cats just jumped down on the floor. Don't know if you heard that in the background, but I feel the need to explain it when I hear it in the headphones. Uh, he's, he's chasing after our hero. And uh, uh, our hero is going to... He gets, like, this kind of assignment while he's in the bar. This is so hard to explain. He gets this assignment that's in the bar to pick up a boy from another planet who is known as the boy who uh, actually saw a woman's breast or something like that. Uh, and he's going to take him to Venus to meet up with the woman with the glass vagina. There's no way to say that in a way that makes it sound okay. <laughs> it's uh, along the way they stumble upon some other people from Earth who have... Atro their bodies have atrophied in space, but they have a child that they've kept in a bodysuit meant to mimic Earth's atmosphere and weight so that his body will not atrophy. He has no name. He's just called Bodysuit, and he's a train wreck and a mess, and he runs around and is crazy, uh, although really only kind of mildly so. Uh, and he comes along on, on the ride, along with our, our hero and the boy who saw a woman's breast, and uh, to go to Venus... Uh, I think, or they came from Venus? Sorry, the movie's a little cluttered in my head. Uh, although I don't think I'm that far off in, in describing any of it. They're gonna go to, uh, take a, a boy to a planet full of women, basically. That's, maybe that's the best way to summarize it. A cowboy who is disreputable at, 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 and is an astronaut is, gets the assignment to take a boy, a 16-year-old boy, to a planet full of women for their, uh, use, shall we say. That's, that's maybe the simplest way to describe the plot, but I feel like you need to hear all of what I said a little bit just to get any sense of how fucking weird this movie is. And it's a musical! I, I know I said that already, but every now and again I just need to drop in. It's a musical! Like, they keep singing shit throughout this, uh, for some reason. It's in black and white. Uh, it also contains, in the opening scene, the longest telling of the old, uh, Hertz Donut joke that you're ever gonna hear. Um, th th this one's hard. <laughs> this one's hard. It oscillates between being so bad that it's, uh, that it's unwatchable, and so unwatchable that you can't look away. And transcends all of that to become kinda brilliant. I, I, like, I, I don't know if it's terrible or if it's genius, and if it, I don't know if any choice in it was intentional or not. I, I, I feel like it's... I don't, I don't think I've ever done enough drugs to fully understand it. It's, it's sort of like if Shock Treatment m met Andy Warhol, met Fellini, met a Pixies B-side, and none of them talked to each other before having to film, and no one was in charge. 
And this is what they manifested from those forces. It's like, it's like agreeing to smoke pot, but forgetting to actually smoke it, but still losing in an hour and a half. And then you're like, oh, fuck the pot. And you smoke the pot and forget the movie. That's kind of what it's like. That's what the experience of watching The American Astronaut is like. Every plot twist leaves you wondering why and what's going on and why, why you're still hanging in there. But you, you have faith and confidence that it's going to go somewhere and you're going to go, oh, that's why I watched the movie. And I think it gets there. Uh, it, it, I, I, I've, I've, I've had fever dreams with clearer points than this movie. My, uh, if, if I, if I were to describe my experience with it to you as briefly as possible, my experience was the whole time just going, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck is this movie? What the fuck is this movie? What the fuck is, glass vagina, sure. What the fuck is this movie? The second part of my experience I'm currently bidding on a copy of it on eBay because I think I need to spend the rest of my life trying to figure this movie out. And it's out of print, so you just got to find it on eBay. And it's not its not cheap. It's not, I mean, you know, open copies are not that expensive, but its it's not cheap. It's, uh, it's a ride, man. If you like weird shit, this is the shit for you. It's, uh, it's very, very weird, very hard to explain. And I think I need to spend the rest of my life thinking about it. Uh, so it did something right. I'll tell you this, the, the soundtrack is stellar. It's all written by the guy who uh, did the show uh, and performed by his band. Hang on a second. Uh, holy shit, there's a director's commentary on this? I'm looking at the back of the DVD case. Sorry. Uh, I didn't know there was a director's commentary. I'm going to have to listen to that. J Josh, you're not getting your DVD back right away. Uh, <laughs> The Billy Nayer Show is the name of his band. Uh, excellent music. I, I like that kind of held my attention as much as anything. I was just kind of going, yeah, all right. That's I, 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 I clearly this is a commercial for how good his band is, is another aspect of it. So that that works for me. Uh, the songs are interesting and kind of fun and weird. And like the whole thing is just fucking weird, man. It's just fucking weird. And I, again, I need to spend, like, the whole rest of my life thinking about this movie. It's a Western. It's sci-fi. There's a noir element. There's, it's a musical. It's, I'm not sure if it's a comedy or if it's a drama, which way it meant to go on that. It's one of those indie films that you gotta see at least once. And I think I have to see it a few hundred times. So... Keep your fingers crossed for me, for me on that uh, eBay auction, if you would. That's, uh... I cannot assign this movie a grade. I can't assign it a letter grade. There isn't a letter that exists that represents this movie. Uh, basically, write out the alphabet, and that is the grade for this movie. Uh, it's, it, 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 it's one of those things that you will either watch, and you will get to the end of it and go, that was the biggest fucking waste of time I've ever experienced. I don't know why I watched that. It was terrible, and I never want to see it again. And you're right. Or you're going to watch it and go, that was perplexing and was a roller coaster of nonsense, and I don't know what it was, and it was really interesting, and I want to watch it 70 more times tonight. And you're right. It's just one of those movies. And uh, I hadn't seen it. I had heard of it by reputation for a while. 
And my friend Josh mentioned it to me and handed me his copy. He was like, you have to see this. So, okay, I'll, I'll take a look. And it took me a while, and uh, I finally took a look. And boy, do I want to keep looking at it, even though I don't know what the hell I saw. That's, uh, that's my review of The American Astronaut. Let's go from there to another movie from outer space. All of our movies kind of have to do with outer space in one way or another here today. Uh, let's go to another movie from outer space, 2008's WALL-E. This one makes a lot more sense with substantially less words <laughs> and uh, uh, a lot more color to it. But, I mean, it's a Pixar movie. They, they had the budget to do shit. That's one of the things about The American Astronaut. I, I don't know if it was... I mean, it was clearly shoestring budget. I don't know if the budget limited it or made it great. <laughs> that's, that's another thing about that. WALL-E had the budget of a Pixar, and it's, it's great. Uh, I had never seen WALL-E. I'll give you a second to di digest that. I had never seen WALL-E. Uh, I explained to a friend of mine on Facebook that the reason for that is this movie came out the same year that my oldest niece was born, and uh, as such, I did not have an age-appropriate child to watch it with. And when you're nearly 30, as I was at the time that it came out, you uh, make it a habit to not walk into a movie theater uh, the, and see a movie that is aimed at children. When you are a, a man with a beard and uh, you're going in alone, uh, that's not the best look. So, for most of my life, and by the way, I'm still a single man who uh, has trouble watching a kid's movie. Like, I've just made it a habit not to go into theaters to see that stuff. And, like, I, you know, it's, it's, I don't think to watch it sitting around on my own that often, except for the occasional, occasional thing where, like, uh, all of my Facebook friends were mad about the Disney movie turning red, so I watched that, uh, just because I wanted to be part of the argument about, like, it, it's, 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 it's fine. It's a fun movie about a girl that turns into a panda. Like, get over it. Uh, there's a, a couple of jokes about her getting her first period. It's fine, otherwise. Uh, and even that is fine. Like, what's the worst that happens? Some kid finds out that that happens? Well, newsflash for you, if it just happens to him one day, it's gonna be a lot worse. Uh, we talked about that on a previous episode. Uh, Wally. I had never seen Wally because I was, uh, old and alone at the time that it came out and stayed that way for many, many years. Just made myself sad again. Uh, it came out in the Criterion Collection, though. First Disney Pixar movie to hit the Criterion Collection. Possibly the only one. There's not like a, there's not like a deal in place there. Uh, from what I understand, but yeah, came out in the Criterion Collection, and I love the Criterion Collection. I have almost 100 cr Criterion movies. Uh, it's in 93. I have 93 Criterion releases. It bugs me that it's not an even 100. I need to come into a little bit of money just to even that up, uh, or have another birthday. Um, but yeah, it's a Criterion release. I love Criterion, and that caught my attention, and I went, oh, it's a, it's a kids' movie in the Criterion Collection. That's odd and interesting in and of itself. It's a Pixar movie in the Criterion Collection. That's odd and interesting. There's probably something about this movie that I should see, and I'm probably wrong for having missed it for so long. So it went on the old Christmas list, and I received it for the old Christmas, and uh, popped it in the player this last week, and had just a roller coaster of a time. I, I loved it. Um, spoilers, I guess, on a 15-year-old movie, uh, or nearly 15-year-old movie. It, uh, uh, it's about a little robot who's a trash machine who's 
rolling around dystopian Earth after all the humans have left and all the humans are just now on a spaceship and have become useless fat lumps sitting in chairs because that's exactly what humans are going to do someday. And this little trash machine is down there trying to clean up the Earth because that's what its protocol is. He appears to be completely alone, which is sad, except he has a little cockroach friend, which uh, is, is cute. They managed to make a cockroach cute. That's that's Disney money right there. They made a cockroach cute. Uh, and But it's it's really just the two of them. And he's, you know, bombing around the planet and finding stuff that he thinks is interesting and compiling a little collection of, of junk for himself while uh, being a trash compactor and compressing all of the rest of the stuff. And uh, one day, a mysterious ship lands and a new, sleek-looking, beautiful robot named Eve, who he calls Eva because he can't pronounce things right because he's called Wally. Uh, he uh, uh, falls in love with Eva immediately because she, uh, presumably she's the only other thing he's ever seen. Uh, and she's adorable. She's a, a badass, but also adorable, uh, which is really what we're all looking for, I think. Just an adorable badass. What I'm looking for, I guess. Realizing that for the first time out loud. Uh, he falls in love with this little, uh, other little robot. And he shows her that he found, um, among his gatherings, a little plant that he's got sitting in a shoe. He, he just, he pulled the dirt out of the ground with the plant in it and stuck it in an old boot. And he shows it to her. And she immediately sucks the, the plant into her, I guess, body cavity? That sounds more horrific than it is. She's a robot. Uh, and goes into sleep mode until, like, the mothership arrives to take her away again. And he follows her onto the ship because he loves Eva. And uh, uh, hijinks ensue. And basically, she uh, has been doing reconnaissance on the planet for the humans. And has taken the plant back to the humans to, to show them, Hey, Earth, which we thought was barren and lifeless can maintain life again. There's a plant growing on Earth. We can go home. And that's what the movie is. Uh, and from there, the the ship itself has robots that are corrupted and whatnot and are trying to prevent the humans from going home. And it's Wally and it's Eva, or Eve, pardon me. Uh, and eventually the captain of the ship, played by uh, Jeff Garland, I think, uh, who they unite to get the humans back to Earth, and they get back to Earth. Uh, and in the process, Wally is uh, damaged and shuts down and uh, gets powered back up and doesn't remember uh, Eve. And I got very sad, and I actually said out loud to my empty house uh, and cats, uh, uh, my house that is empty of anything other than cats, I, uh, I said to said cats, uh, actually, I didn't say to, I said in the presence of said cats, please, God, if you're real, just let Wally be okay. And, uh, <laughs> not my proudest moment, but, uh, I know that this is a kid's movie and most of the time that works out all right, but, you know, sometimes they straight up murder Mufasa, so I was worried because by this time, Wally was my new best friend and, uh, I, I, I didn't, I, I just wanted him to be happy with, with Eve. Uh, and it turns out okay. She, uh, 
leans in and more or less kisses him. You see a little spark travel from her to him, which is very sweet and cute, and that reignites his memory circuits, and they uh, are happy together and li live out their lives together, and the humans are back on Earth, and they're starting life anew. It's it's a very happy ending, uh, and has that Disney-Pixar thing right before it becomes a happy ending that just rips your fucking heart out and it uh it just uh it worked for me on every 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 level i really loved it i am embarrassed that it's taken me almost 15 years to see this fucking thing really great really charming movie uh i'll tell you this you damned if i didn't dive directly into the director's commentary as soon as it was over i just needed to learn more and uh i had a great time with wally it's in the criterion collection if you're a collector that's a great addition to pick up. It's got a whole bunch of extra stuff on it. It's a, It's got two discs of stuff, including the movie, including two different commentaries, including documentaries. Criterion Collection releases are amazing in that way. Pick it up. Pick it up in physical format. That's really the only way to go, and uh, you'll have a good time. If you... Uh, if you haven't, if you, if you're like me and you don't have kids in your life and you haven't seen it yet, you need to see that movie. It's a good movie. It's a lot of fun. That's, uh, again, that's what this show is. Hey, you know that movie that you saw 15 years ago? Just saw it. It was good. That's, that's, that's where we are. But I do have one that you probably haven't seen that isn't 15 years old. This came out really last year in 2022. Actually, I think it came out officially in 2021 in weird limited release, but it, it hit services where I could see it last year, and, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't immediately rent the streaming thing because I think it's so stupid to rent something that's streaming. That's just ridiculous. Because, like, if I'm going to pay for something, I want to have that thing. And renting something that's streaming, I'm sitting on my couch and it's being streamed into my house and I can't keep it? That's stupid. Uh, so I didn't do that. I instead waited for the inevitable Blu-ray release. It came out on Blu-ray. And I bought a copy for myself and a copy for my dad and gave it to him for Christmas. The movie is a documentary called Kurt Vonnegut, Unstuck in Time. It's a film by uh, Bob uh, Weedy, W-E-I-D-E. I believe he said Weedy in the movie, if not. I'm so fucking sorry. I don't know how to pronounce names. Um, it, it, it's, it's by him. He's done a whole bunch of other stuff. He's done documentaries on the Marx Brothers. He's done... Uh, uh, he did the movie adaptation of Mother Night, which is the uh, uh, Kurt Vonnegut book turned movie. Um, uh, other stuff. I'm sorry, I'm blanking. <laughs> he's, he's got a very good and successful career, a really impressive one, actually. And I can't think of any of it right now because I'm trying to trying to describe it. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's, he's done a lot of stuff. Oh, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Jesus. He was uh, the principal director. And I think that, I think executive producer on, on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's ridiculously successful. Uh, did a uh, Woody Allen documentary in there as well. Um, a lot of documentary stuff. I think he did a Lenny Bruce documentary. He's done a lot of documentaries, and he he did one on Kurt Vonnegut, who he's got he's got a different relationship with Kurt Vonnegut than most biographers have with their subject. He started out as a fan, as does everybody. Kurt Vonnegut, of course, my favorite author. Uh, the one that you've heard of is Slaughterhouse-Five, but there's so much more to him than that. But uh, uh, Bob, I'm going to call him Bob because I don't know how to say his last name, because I don't know how to say any last name. Bob 
was a fan of Kurt Vonnegut's. He had read, uh, I think, Breakfast of Champions in high school and struck up a relationship with Kurt. Like, sent him a, just sent him a, a note that said, hey, I'd... I'd like to make a biography of you, and I'd like your permission to do it, and I'd like your involvement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, a, a little while goes by. I think like a month or two goes by. He doesn't hear anything. And eventually gets a, a letter back in the mail from Kurt Vonnegut, who said, hey, I, I was out of town for a little while, just saw your letter. Uh, I am interested in doing that. There's not a whole lot of footage of me out there that's worth putting into any kind of movie. I don't know what to do about that, but maybe you do, so I'd, I'd love to talk to you about it. And talk they did. And talked, and talked, and talked for 40 years. Started out with him reaching out saying, hey, I want to make a biography of you. 40 years later, he finally finished it and put it out. Long after Kurt died, Kurt passed away in 2007. This movie, like I said, I think hit limited release in 2021. Um... He was Kurt Vonnegut's friend. He became his friend and his more or less official archivist because Kurt just trusted him and liked him. And they, they kept meeting and kept talking about stuff and kept filming stuff. And there's decades of footage represented in this two-hour movie of a guy just chronicling his relationship with one of the best authors who's ever lived. He just had unprecedented access to Kurt Vonnegut and his family. There's plenty with Kurt's daughters, plenty with Kurt's uh, adopted sons, who are also his nephews. There's old family footage uh, of Kurt with his brother and sister and his parents, which was dumbfounding to me because I've uh, I've seen a little bit of uh, footage of him with Bernard, his brother, before, and I knew a little bit about Bernard. I only knew of his sister, Allie, through what Kurt had written about her, and uh, I had never, I don't think I'd ever seen a picture of her, unless there's one in one of his books that I'm forgetting. Uh, but she was a, she was a major force in Kurt's life. Like, he, the person that he wrote to impress was his sister, Allie, and she passed away fairly young, and there was footage of her as a child in this movie, and... That is one of the many times that I cried <laughs> watching this thing. I kept bursting into tears watching this movie. Um, it's a beautiful exploration of a guy who has a an obvious deep appreciation for Kurt Vonnegut, the author, and wanted to tell that story and wanted to dive deep into that story. But it's also somebody making a movie about his friend, and that's way more interesting and way more gripping and way more moving. And that's that's really the heart of this movie. The director shows up in it several times, talking right to the camera, because he needed to in this one. Sometimes when a, a director shows up in a documentary, that's because it's not a very good documentary. It's He's in this movie because he needed to be, because this isn't just Kurt's story. It's also his. It's his story with Kurt. It's 40 years of this guy living with his friendship with Kurt Vonnegut. The good points and the bad. Hearing the good stories and the bad. It's mind-blowing that he was even able to do that and to whittle that down into just two hours. I'm sure that there's a cut of this movie that is eight hours long. I really want to see that. 
but I, 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 he got it into two hours, and it was a gripping, and to me, a big, big Kurt Vonnegut fan, so big I put out an album of songs inspired by him called Asterisk. It's on DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com. Go listen to it. Uh, it's free. Everything's free. Uh, I, I'm a huge Kurt Vonnegut fan, and I'm the guy he made this movie for. That's not true. He made this movie for himself, and he made this movie for Kurt. But I'm I'm the audience that he was shooting for. I liked it so much that the credits of it were still rolling on my TV when I was on the internet finding his prof- uh, the director's professional email address and emailing him, telling him how much I loved the movie. And I don't do that. I don't I don't gush like that. I don't write fan letters to people usually. I will occasionally interact with a celebrity I like on Twitter uh or something like that, but I I don't I don't write fan mail very often. I wrote I wrote a, a good one to this guy <laughs> and just thanking him for making this movie and just it, it just it moved me deeply. If you're a Kurt Vonnegut fan, it's this is for you. You need to track it down, Kurt Vonnegut Unstuck in Time. You need to track that down. If you're interested in Kurt Vonnegut, but you don't know where to start, or you don't, you'd don't, you like to know more about the guy, but you maybe aren't that familiar with him, still a really good watch, I think. I think it probably means more if you're a fan, but I think it's probably an okay introduction. It'll probably give you an idea of what you're going to like about him and what you're going to need to read. It was just a really beautiful watch and a really beautiful movie. There's nothing I can spoil about it. It's a documentary, you know? So there's, there's, there's not a plot, really. It's just a guy talking about Kurt Vonnegut and showing you footage that you probably haven't seen of Kurt Vonnegut and talking about his experience, his personal, very, very personal experience with Kurt Vonnegut. It's a wonderful watch. If you're a Vonnegut fan, it's a wonderful watch if you're not, but it's probably much, much more so if you are. If you're a Vonnegut person, Kurt Vonnegut Unstuck in Time, I think you can still rent it on most streaming platforms. The Blu-ray is, as of right now, for sale on Amazon. Buy it in physical form. You're going to want to put it on a shelf, probably next to your books. You, with your blue tattoo An inside joke for a few Of the people you keep close I Sometimes still want to cry When I think about that night That you asked me where Hey, we're gonna get out of this one early. I've been doing a lot of hour and a half episodes lately Or longer with the 15 Uh, I'm... I'm uh, looking at ways to kind of trim down the amount of time we spend on the Fab 15, uh, at at least in editing, if nothing else, Uh, unless you tell me otherwise. If you like that Dave and I talk for so long on the Fab 15 and you like hearing all that, uh, and maybe even want to hear more of it, maybe you're upset that I edit, uh, which, if that's the case, seek help. But uh, if 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 you like hearing all that, if you like the long episodes with the 15, let me know. I'm trying to... I'm trying to kind of pare that down a little bit and kind of get it to a, a tighter time frame, and you know, because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to waste your time either. I don't feel like those episodes are a waste of time. I feel like they're a lot of fun, but you know, I I know that not everybody's going to sit there for a solid two hours just listen to, listening to us talk about things we like and listing them. Uh, so I, I'm I'm trying to find ways to cut down how long we talk on that. But let me know if you want me to. 
Let me know if you don't want me to. DB at DerekBrink.com. Let me know your thoughts on that. Uh, we got a Fab 15 coming up. I will probably not have read your emails before we've recorded it, so whatever happens on the next one happens. Uh, and the odds are, I'll be honest with you, the odds are I'm going to have the best of intentions and we're still going to talk for three to four hours regardless of what I do. Uh, so <laughs> that's just how things are. But uh, yeah, we're going to have a Fab 15 soon, Fab 15 cover songs, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. And uh, uh, yeah, new album coming here in the next couple of months and all that stuff. Uh, I don't... I don't have a lot to add. This one's a little bit short, and that's fine by me. I need to go sit down and rest my aching shoulder. I mean, I'm sitting down while I'm recording this, but I'm sitting on a bar stool, leaning on a counter, which can't be helping my shoulder. I want to sit on a nice soft couch with a cat in my lap and let my shoulder heal. Uh, that's, that's what I want to do. McGuire usually wants to cuddle up with me at this time of night. Probably, probably going to be McGuire. Jonko is a little bit more independent in the evenings, although he spends a lot of, I, I work from home a lot, and he's, when I work from home, uh, he spends a lot of time in my, in my lap at my, at my desk, just kind of sitting there napping while I'm working, and I have to lean a little bit funny so I can type, but that's okay, he's a sweet boy, he's a sweet boy, McGuire's a sweet boy too, they're, they're, I got, I got the two sweetest boys. All the rest of you out there have cats, uh, I'm sure you think you've got the sweetest boys, you're wrong, I have the sweetest boys, they, uh, they're, they're the sweetest boys. There was a there was a competition held, and they uh, they won. They won sweetest boys. Your cat wasn't invited. You didn't you didn't hear about the competition? Yeah, uh, it's because it only goes to the sweetest boys. The invitations they only go to the sweetest boys. My boys got invitations and they won the fucking thing. Your cat wasn't invited. Uh, so uh, there. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sometimes I just uh, spiral like that. Which you know, you've met me. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Checkmates. Thanks for hanging with me here through this episode and for, uh, for, being, for being loyal friends of the show. Uh, we're doing it. This is the second week in a row that we've put out an episode on a Tuesday. We're, we're doing it. We're, go we're getting on schedule. It's going to happen. I think and I hope. It, it depends on several things, as I'm sure you're aware. But uh, we're doing it. We're doing it right now. So that's, that's good news. Uh, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Let's uh, let's do the business that we do at the end of the show. Uh, please remember that COVID-19 is still out there, even though we've all decided to just move on uh, and aren't even testing for it anymore. And the vaccine is about to cost $130 a pop. Uh, so that's going to make sure that it's even more out there because uh, I can't afford that and you can't afford that. So it's uh, we're going to we're going to see a sharp incline, incline in numbers that no one's going to be reporting. Because here in the Midwest, we've kind of, not so much in my office, but most places, we've moved back to, uh, uh, you know, just take some DayQuil and power through the workday. Uh, or if you work remotely, oh, I'm, I'm sick, I've got the COVID. Oh, okay, still going to log in, right? Like, we've moved on to that here in the Midwest. And uh, everybody else is going to be like that soon if they're not already. We've just, we've given up. We've given up on the COVID, but it's still out there. So try to be as responsible as you can, even though you've given up. I've given up a little bit too. Went to the grocery store earlier. Didn't wear a mask. Felt bad about it. I, uh, I just found myself walking through the parking lot and I was at the door and realized I didn't have one and uh, shopped anyway, instead of going back to the car. First time I've done that. 
even I've given up. I'm, I'm as big an idiot as the rest of you. This thing's gonna come back hard. Please remember that COVID-19 is still out there and be responsible. Please remember on this Martin Luther King Day, as I am recording it, that black lives matter. Please remember that LGBTQIA rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and that I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And checkmates, be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Hertz Donut 